chapter 1. God has been too good to us to turn back now. God has been good to me to turn back now. Now, I'll be honest with you, I have not always been what I should have been. There have been times that I have made mistakes. There have been times that I have failed. There have been times I've given up. But God has never given up on me. I'm so glad of that. I'm glad a God is a God that loves us and cares about us. And, and no matter what we do, he's still there to help us out. Amen. I'm glad. It. I, I'm, I love God tonight and I thank him for what he's about. I, I don't understand some people, uh, how they just turn their back on God. Amen. But God has been too good. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse number 26, it says, Notwithstanding, you should not go up. But rebelled against the commandments of the Lord your God. And ye murmured in your tents and said, Because the Lord hath hated us, he hated, had brought us forth out of the land of Egypt and delivered us into the hands of the Amorites and destroyed us. Whether shall we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying, These people is greater and taller than we. The cities are great and walls up to heaven. And moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakins there. Now, Moses is reminding them about few, a couple of books earlier about when they came up, when uh, God had delivered them, God had uh, uh, said, you're going to go to the promised land. And, uh, and they sent out the spies and sent out 12 spies. And 10 came back and said, no, we can't do it. But Joshua and Caleb said, <laughs> we can do it. Joshua and Caleb said, we can do this. He, he's, he's, he's talking about the, uh, these spies that went in and, and God showed them. He said, uh, uh, God, uh, Joshua and Caleb said, God is on our side and we'll be able to possess the land uh, that God has given us. But the other ten were afraid. They, they, were, they were looking at the giants in the land, uh, and they not uh, looking how big God was, but they were looking at how big the giants in the land were. And, they, and let me just say this. Any time in your life you get to looking at how big the giants are in your life, you're going to lose sight. But you ought to just see how big your God is. Because God is bigger than any giant you're going to face. God is bigger than any trouble you're going to face. And Moses is saying, look, God has delivered you out of this. And not can I say, your giants are no match for God. Your obstacles are not no match for God. And we remember when the mountains are over our heads and the waves are over our heads, they're still under God's feet. They're still under his feet. So Moses reminded him this, telling him, he said, the people you get, they're great and tall than, than we, the cities are great and the walls up to heaven, and moreover we have seen the sons and Anakins there. Then I say unto you, dread not, neither be afraid of them. The Lord your God, which goeth before you, he shall fight for you according to all that he had did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And in the wilderness. Now, now he's reminding them of the grace of God. It, that, that, that was evident in their lives. And so you know what would, there was going on. Uh, they got through their uh, present tragedies. They got through their present problems. They, uh, they've been delivered out of Egypt. They've been delivered from the sin uh, bondage of their uh, And God had brought them through. Now, let me just say, God is leading them to a place that God has 
prepared for them, and all they have to do is go there, and now they're murmuring, murmuring and complaining and then getting upset about it. And let me just say this. Whatever you're going through, whatever problem you come through, no matter what burden you go through, God will deliver you from that. There was a... God was big enough to deliver them and save them and keep them through the blood of the Lamb uh, when the deaf English came back, and God is able to deliver them right here and right now. Whatever God has done for you in the past, God is able to do it to you for you in the future, amen. What God has done in the past, God can do for you right now. God said, I'm staying the same God yesterday and today and forever. So what God has delivered you from, where God has brought you from, God still can do that. I understand some people get upset. I understand people go through things, but God is God. He's not quitting. He's, and they said, and in the wilderness where thou hast seen how that the Lord thy God bared thee as a man to bear his son. And all the way that you went until they came into this place. I looked that word up, bear. That means to carry. It means when you cannot, someone can no longer go any further along, that means someone carries them up. Here the children of Israel has forgotten where God has brought them from. They were forgetful. Let me just ask you this. Are anybody here forgetful tonight? Let me tell you what, uh, we ought to get to knowing that God has delivered us. It's the many times we forget what God has done and how good God has been for us. And we forget that and sometimes we need to be reminded. And when we walk through the wilderness and when we was going through the wilderness and the children of God walked through the wilderness for 40 years and, and they, they saw the grace of God, they saw the presence of God in their lives for 40 years and now they're going to get ready to go into Canaan land and all they're doing is griping and complaining but God says I've seen I've seen you I've seen your affliction I've seen your hurt I've seen the trouble that you've been in he says but I will bear thee I will carry thee and God will carry you and I tonight so we're preaching on this thought do you need a lift do you need a lift let us go to the Lord and pray father we just come before you thanking you for mercy and grace we thank you for what you've done. We thank you, Lord, for your words of encouragement in our lives tonight, Lord, that we can take the word and apply it to our lives and we can leave the, the house of God feeling rejoiced, feel re, re, refreshed, and Lord, me on fire again, Father. We just thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And Moses was reminding them of the dangers that were they encountered in the wilderness. Can I say there's dangers that may that we encounter, the same dangers that they encounter, the same ones that we encounter. They faced dangers uh, of the enemy, and, uh, and when they crossed the Red Sea, as soon as they crossed the Red Sea, as soon as they got on the other side, uh, the enemy was there behind the bushes. The enemy was there behind the mountain, just waiting to annihilate, ready to get rid of them. They have heard of God's people, and their enemy was on the other side, wanting to destroy them and let me just say this you've got an enemy tonight and that enemy is trying to destroy you that enemy is want to uh, to annihilate that one enemy wants to get you distracted that enemy wants to get you off track tonight and Moses is reminding them hey uh, you have an enemy you and I have an enemy tonight and, and we need to be reminded that God is greater than our enemy I, I find the more I live for God and the more I read my Bible, I realize this world's not my home. 
I, I love that song that says, uh, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. I, I realize the world is not my final resting place. I realize the goals of this world is not my goals uh, in this world. I, I realize that uh, the, the things that the world is wanting to do, uh, the mindset of this world is not my mindset. But let me just say that the enemy is trying to keep you from the goals that God has established for you in your life as we go through this journey. So Moses is reminding them of the danger they had. They had to fight the enemy. And, and the, the way they fought the enemy, the way the enemy got to them, they infiltrated. The Bible said they walked in the wilderness. The Bible said that they, uh, the, the people of the land and the inhabitants of the land joined up with the children of God. These people from other countries. And what the children of Israel did, they had gotten comfortable with the people of other, the other lands. They have gotten comfortable uh, looking to say, you know what, they're not that bad. They don't look that bad. They, 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 they seem all right. They look all right, but they're not that bad. So you know what, we got com they got comfortable with the people of the land. They got comfortable with strangers. And let me just remind you, you can get comfortable with something that you should not get comfortable with. God said, come out from the, this world. He said, separate yourself. He doesn't want you to get comfortable with the things of this land. We're not to get comfortable with the world and what the world has got for us. And the enemy is going to destroy you. And the way the enemy is going to do that, he's going to infiltrate you. He's going to get right beside you. You're going to think you're doing good. You're going to think they're doing good. You're going to think everything's all right. But all of a sudden, uh, they don't serve the same God. They don't serve the same God we do. They don't walk the same way we walk. They don't read the same words. They're totally different. And what they do, if you get comfortable with them, you'll start accepting everything they do. And that's what happened to the children of Israel. They got uncomfortable with the people and the inhabitants of the land. They accepted them, and then they start bringing on these strange gods, these strange activities. It happens in church. It'll happen in church. It will happen in your life. If you get comfortable with somebody in your life that you should not be getting comfortable with, next thing you know, you've got problems that you're going to have to deal with. Do we know the enemy will infiltrate us? Moses was reminding him of the danger that was lurking on the other side. As they walked through the wilderness, Moses wanted them to show them that you've got problems. There is a danger out there. And God is telling you and I tonight, uh, as you walk through this wilderness, this is not our home. Uh, this is the wilderness for us. As you walk through this wilderness, you've got an enemy out there that desires to destroy you. He's seeking to, seeking to devour who he may can. He wants to destroy you. He wants you to get you off track. Moses said there was a distraction of entanglement. There was always the distraction of being entangled in the wilderness. You realize by the time they got to this place to cross the Jordan into the promised land, there was a couple of the tribes that had gotten so comfortable in the wilderness, they gotten so comfortable with the things of that land, they said, you know what? 
We don't want to go over into Jordan. We don't want to go into the promised land. We don't want to go and get the things that God has given for us. We're just sit right here and we're fine with that. You know what? Sometimes we just sit down and we refuse to go into promised land, refuse to go where God is directing us to, refusing to get us to where we need to go, and we just sit down on God. Paul said, No man that wants entangle himself in the affairs of this life that he may be pleased who have chosen him to be a soldier. So Paul was telling us, telling us that we're not to be entangled with the things of this world, the, the action of this world. He says you're not to get caught up in that. I know we have to work and I know we have to provide for our family, but don't let that trap you. Don't let it get you all upset. Don't let it and pull you away from church. I've seen people to get jobs and they just pull them from church and next thing you know, they're gone. Don't, don't get entangled in the world. He said there's a danger in the wilderness. He said there's a distraction in the wilderness. Then he says there's discouragement in each heart there. In verse 28, it says, Whether thou shalt go up, our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying the people is greater and taller than we. The cities are greater and walked, walled up to heaven. And moreover, we have seen the sons of Anakin there. They came out of Egypt thinking there's nothing wrong. Nothing, nothing can hurt them. Nothing can come up against them. God has delivered us. We've got it made. Everything in our life is going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. I've been delivered. I've been saved. I, I'm not no longer in the bondage of Egypt. Every, nothing can come against. Ain't that what people do today when they get saved? As soon as they get saved, they think, hey, uh, I'm all right. Uh, I'm good to go. Uh, can't nothing hurt me. Can't nothing come against me. And as soon as the devil attacks, he said, oh, my, my. Oh, my, my. They came out of Egypt with the mindset that everything was all right. Let me just say this. If you're walking and living for God, you're going to have problems. You're going to have trials. But as soon as you figure this out, as soon as you get this in your mindset, if you're walking for God and living for God and realize you cannot do it on your own, that's when God says, hey, I'm here. I'm here. And there's been times I thought I could do it on my own. There's been times I said, you know what, I've got this, but I, I realized that along, along the journey and keep walking that I could not go any further. I needed help from God. I fell on my face. Lord, I, I cannot do this long. And when you realize you can't do this walk by yourself, God said, I'm there. But even through the dangers and distractions, there was discouragement. There was one that delivered them. Verse 31, I love verse 31. And in the wilderness, when you came out of the Egypt, and in the wilderness, where thou hast seen how the Lord thy God bare thee, as a man doeth bear his son. Like I said, that word bearer means to lift up, to carry when someone who cannot go any further, no one can go anymore. Um, tonight, the question is, do you need a lift? 
There, if you think you're the super Christian, you think that uh, nothing goes wrong, you think you've got it made, you think you can do this, I, I can fight the world, I can fight the flesh, I can fight the enemy. I've got this. And if you're saying that, if you think that, then you're heading for a disaster. You cannot fight the devil by yourself. You cannot fight the flesh by yourself. You cannot even fight this world by yourself. You're going to need somebody that's going to stand beside you. You're going to need somebody that's going to lift you up and encourage you along the way. But when you realize that you cannot do it by yourself, that is when the Father just picks you up and carries you. You're not still standing because you're strong. You ain't walking because you're an awesome Christian. You're not living for God because you've done something. I'll tell you why I'm, I'm in this fight. I'll tell you why I'm fear. I'll tell you why I, I'm still walking in the wilderness because I've got a heavenly Father that loves me that when I cannot go on anymore, when I can't seem to stand anymore, He stands for me. When I can't walk, He walks for me. And when I can't lift myself up, He'll lift me up and carry me. I've got a Father who cares enough about me. When I can't do it by myself, He's there with me. Jude said, now to him that is able to keep you from falling. I like that. And to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceedingly joy. So here is one that said, hey, I, I see your hurt. I see your problems. I see how you're stumbling. And he sees you when you fall. He knows your heart. He knows how you're trying. And you just don't think you're going to make it. You're about ready to give up. You're right ready to throw the towel in. That's when God steps in and says, hey, you need a lift. You need a lift. I, I can tell you there have been times that I'd gotten in some places that I needed God. I, I got myself in some places that I, I needed a God. Give me, I'll give you three things, three places I find that you need God in. You'll need a lift from God when you're tired. And walking through this wilderness will make you tired. Walking through this world will make you tired. It's not, you're not riding in the road. The, the children of Israel was, was not riding animals. They were not riding cars. They were walking in the desert. It was hot. It was dangerous and it was distraction. There was entanglements. It was not easy to walk in the wilderness for 40 years and they got tired. It will wear you out. Now how many of you ever went on family vacations with young kids? Go to a theme park in the middle of September, 145 degrees outside. Humidity is about 1,000, and you just want to have fun. You get there early in the morning, and you're going to have fun. Your kids are having fun. Boy, but let me tell you, around about 12 o'clock, ain't nobody happy. Everybody's wore out. Everybody's tired, and you got these kids screaming in, I'm tired. I want to go home. So do I. Help me. Help me. 
Our youngest would just sit down and look at you. Either you're going to tote me or I'm going to sit here. <laughs> Fine, sit here. I can barely tote myself. It is hard walking in the desert. It is hard walking in the wilderness. You're going to get tired in this life. You're going to have trouble in this life. And when you do get tired and you really want to just give up, uh, you're ready to throw in the white towels and God, I just can't do it no more. I'm wore out. I'm about ready to lay down. And God says, I will give you that lift that you need. God will pick you up. Amen. You're not going to leave your child sitting there on that hot pavement. You're not going to leave your child on the desert sand. You're not going to leave your child in a place he shouldn't be. You're trying to get him out of that place. And that's what God said. I see where you're at. I see the danger where you're at. I understand you're tired. I understand you've been going. But let me just say this. I'm there to pick you up. I'm there to give you a lift tonight. Amen. You're going to need a lift in life when you're tired. I don't know about you, but I seem to get tired more. It might be with age. I don't understand. Don't get out of bed before 12. Get into bed before 5. I don't understand why I'm so tired. Amen. Well, you're going to get tired in life. There are some things that we get tired about. Let me just, let me just say this. I, I've been in places where I've gotten so tired, I just, Lord, I, I've gone to the corner. I said, Lord, I don't know. I don't think I can do it anymore. I, I just don't know if I can carry it anymore. But there's something deep down inside of me that says, hey, I'm here. I've seen what you're going through. I'll give you the lift. I'll pick you up. I'll bear you. Thank God that he loves it enough that he'll bear our tiredness in our life tonight. You're going to need a lift when you get tired. Amen. You're going to need a lift when you're in trouble tonight. Have you ever been in trouble? Boy, I think all of us have been in trouble. When life gets overwhelming... You're going to need a lift. Kids get to thinking they're independent at a really young age, don't they? Yeah, they really think they're in something. Well, a friend of ours down in Florida down there, and their, their kids were young, and uh, the old, youngest one really was independent. And he was on the back of a truck. I was standing at the tailgate, and we was talking. We was all standing around talking. Another friend of ours had a motorcycle, and he was on the back of that truck just, he was like three years old. He thought, I'm good. I've got this. I'm old. I've got it. Buddy, by that time, a friend kicked off that motorcycle. Oh! His eyes got that big, and he made a running leap at my arms. He hit me right dead in the chest, wrapped his arms around me, put his legs around me, and you couldn't have pried him off of me if you had to. He was afraid. He thought, uh, he thought something just jumped up and about ready to devour him. And he was locked on. And that's the first time he's ever gotten my arms. That's the first time he's ever jumped up like that. First time. And what it took is that he thought he was something that he wasn't. 
and when danger came his way, he, he recognized me. He knew who I was. He says, you know what? I'm going to latch on to him. I'll latch on to him. And that's what he did. But you know when he did that, I got to thinking about that the other night. When he jumped on me, he came this way. And we were chest to chest. He was right in my ear and I'm right in his ears. And I said, I got you. I got you. You know, God's the same way. When trouble comes your way, God don't yank you up by the arm and drag you around. God reaches down and picks you up and he pulls you in chest to chest. And God says, I got you. You don't have to worry about it. There may have been some trouble. There may have been something in your life, but I've got you, and it can't, it can't come against you. My God is bigger than any trouble. My God is bigger than any fear that I've got. And he says, I have got you. That's what a father does to his child, amen. He lets him know, hey, you're in my arms, and I've got you. You're going to need some God. You're going to... Need God when you get in trouble. When life's scared. And <laughs> I, I don't understand people when things come into their life, they, they run away from the Lord. They run away from the church. Amen. They run away from people who care and people who love them. They, they run away from it. Instead of running away from the Lord, you ought to run to the one who will take you in his arms and says, hey, I've got you. I, I love this. Fear not. Fear not. I love it when he whispers in my ear, Fear not. I got you. I don't understand people that are run from God in a time of need, in a time of trouble. I don't understand that. But some people are made that way. I want to run to the one that can help me. I want to run to the one that can deliver me in a time of trouble. Amen. God wraps his arms around you, your chest to chest, and he whispers in your ear, I got you. You're going to need a lift when you get tired from walking into the wilderness. You're going to need a lift when trouble comes in your life. You're going to need a lift when your world is caving up, caving in. You need somebody who's going to tenderly pick you up. I saw a YouTube video. And this guy had come home from grocery shopping. His little girl was in the back seat. And the mother was in the, standing at the living room window videoing this. And uh, he, he grabbing those bags of groceries. And his little girl gets out and she just and hits the ground. Just like that right there. I don't know if she was wore out. She tired. She's just fed up. She wanted to just get home instead of getting up and walking. So what the father does, not missing a beat, groceries in his hand, reaches down and grabs the girl by the jacket and picks her up like that. There she is like this. He's got her by the jacket. He's got the groceries, and there they go walking off. God is not going to carry you like that. God's not going to take and grab you by the arm and yank you around. Amen. He's not going to throw you around. Now, I know there are some times we want to grab our kids and give them some good loving. 
But God is not going to. You want somebody that's going to tenderly pick you up. When you're going through problems, when you're going through heartaches and trials of this life, you don't want somebody yelling at you, amen? You don't want somebody pointing their fingers in your face and saying, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. You want somebody tenderly to love and care for you. That's what God does. Israel murmured. They rebelled. And they were discouraging the hearts. And in spite of all that Israel did, in spite of all the things that Israel did towards God, God said, I still love you. And I'll still bear you. I'll still carry you. I, I've seen two stories that are etched in my mind that I, it goes along with this. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of the Teen Hoyt. Teen Hoyt. Look it up when you go home. It's a father and son team. They do these triathlons. They swim 12 miles. They, they bicycle for another 12 miles. And then they run for 20 miles. Now, I don't understand why anybody want to do that. But they want to do that. And that's a hard thing to do. I've, I've ran some marathons, and it ain't easy. But to do all those things, these Iron Man things, that's hard work to do. But what's even harder is Mr. Hort's son is quadriplegic. He's paralyzed from his neck down. From his neck down. He's got this special raft that he's made. He'll put his raft in the water, put his son in the water, he jumps in and he takes and swims his son to the other side. He's got this bike and he's got his carrier that he takes his son out of that, that boat and he picks him up and he puts him in that carrier and he rides his bike with his son on back. And when he gets to the third place, he's got this cart that he's got that pushes, and he puts his son in that cart, and he runs pushing this cart. And when they go past the finish line, you'll see his son wave both his hands like this, like he's really done something. And actually, he hasn't done anything. Can I tell you, there's going to be a day that we cross that finish line, and we're going to raise our hands. <laughs> we ain't done anything. The Father done it all. The Father done it all. We'll be, we'll be shouting like we've really done something, but we ain't done nothing because he's done it all for us. Derek Runman, the 92 Olympics, he was slotted to win the gold medal for the race. He was slotted to win the gold medal for the race. Well, I, I got directors here. As he was running, and he was, in a, he was leading, he blew out his hamstring. He was limping. Failed. He's trying, he's trying to get up. He couldn't make it. His father was in the stands saw that 
He come up out of that sands, pushed his way through the security guards, and reached down and got his son, picked him up. And he said in his son's ear, you got nothing to prove to nobody. He said, but I want to finish. So him and his father, his father's arms carried him, and they went across the finish line together. We're not going by ourselves when we cross that finish line. We've got somebody that's going to carry us. Our Father's going to be there with us. We've got something to shout about. If you need a lift, he'll pick you up. And he's going to be there when we get ready to cross that finish line. I'm looking forward to that day. And I believe every one of us, every now and then, probably now, there's some of us right now, we need a lift. We just need an encouraging word from the Father tonight. Some of us might be facing some things in our life right now that nobody knows because we have this isolation, we have this social distancing, and we really can't get together and talk like we should. Well, let me just say this. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, God is bigger. God is greater. If we put our trust in Him, we lean on Him, He will carry you when you need to be carried. So the question is, do you need a lift tonight? You need a lift. I need a lift. I need a lift. And I know God is able to do it for us. Let us pray. Father, we pray.